Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and I got a four-pack of chicken nuggets here in the room with me today because I'm going to count I'm going to count the uh, the four-legged chicken nugget on the floor as the fourth. Mm. But she's not going to be on mic, but here are the people who are. This one. Chicken nugget. Chicken nugget. That one. Printer ink. Printer ink. And that one. Samantha Monorail. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett McKenna, Samantha, welcome to the monorail. And welcome you, our listener, back to the monorail for this July 1st, Garrett's birthday episode. Happy birthday. Yes. Happy, birthday. Happy birthday, chicken nugget. Yeah. How are you going to celebrate? I'm 34. Congratulations on your 34th birthday. How are you going to celebrate today? Um, I'm going to eat candy. And? And go and to uh, Disney for an after hours party. Not just Villa- any. Villains after hours Yes, party. we are going tonight to the Villains After Hours event at the Magic Kingdom. I'm so excited. I know it's your birthday, but it feels like mine. Yeah, and Garrett <laughs> isn't getting a cake for his birthday or anything because we're getting treats at Disney. We need to get you a birthday button. I want all the villains to say happy birthday to you. I do too. Or steal your button. <laughs> <laughs> or steal your button. Man, I can't. T- I'm so excited that you decided that you wanted to do this. I know we talked about this being something we might do before McKenna and I moved down here to join you all. We said this might be one of the first things we did in the in the Walt Disney World Resort after we all got down here, and it's coming true. It is coming to fruition. Things we speak into these magical mics come to pass and it's just amazing no the problem is you get them in our head and we're all like yeah we should probably do that and then we all get on board and we sacrifice and eat ramen all week so we can go to these things i know i know we we basically have we've been doing it up big these first couple weeks and now we're gonna be packing peanut butter sandwiches when we go to the parks to scrimp and save so that you know we can go back to la cellier someday yeah i may add jelly to the peanut butter sandwiches but i'll have to check the budget (laughs) it's peanut butter jelly time garrett happy 14th birthday what is your plan for this year you got any big goals no okay (laughs) play more video games uh yeah yeah that one a successful first year of high school uh yeah it's probably gonna be good i think it will be good i think so too yeah well congratulations old man um, this is episode number 63 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. That's right. We're doing it. We could get the early bird special when we go out. <laughs> yeah. We've done quite a few of these things, but still having fun doing it, I hope. Yes, Looking definitely. around. It looks like some of us are. <laughs> <laughs> some of us are really tired, I McKenna. Know. <laughs> well, and, and one of us has a brunch to get to today, so... I wanted to do a quick segment with Samantha Monorail because you said that after a recent visit to Epcot, you received a survey and there were some things in this survey that we found very interesting. So start with just kind of the general stuff that they ask you, but let's get to the meat of it. And I think this will be a really good discussion. It was so good when she was telling me about it. I was like, I can't believe we ought to do a podcast like right now about this. So, So let's talk about it. Well, first off, I could totally kick myself for not screenshotting these questions yeah but i didn't even think about it it would just i got a survey notification asking me to take it and um at first i deleted it and then it came back through the other day and i had some time and i was like "Ah, why not you know because it was like we really value your feedback it would mean a lot if you could take five minutes to do this survey so i had i was eating my lunch and i was like i have five minutes so i clicked it open and it was about epcot Mm -hmm. and it was like did you i 
I can remember the date. It said, did you visit Epcot on June 20th? Mm-hmm. And we did. Yeah. And I, I said, yes. Yes. You know? And it started asking, like, how I went to the park, if I went on a ticket, park hopper, a pass. I put that out. It was my Florida pass. Mm-hmm. And it asked for my zip code. And then um, it started going into... Why did you go to Epcot? Mm-hmm. Well, we went because, well, we went because we were going to Epcot and you do everything there. But um, it, I put that we were going for dinner, right. for lunch. For lunch. That um, was the Le Cellier day. Yeah, yeah. So I put that we were going for dining. And at the beginning of the survey, I didn't realize I could select multiple answers. Okay. Okay. And then I, I don't know whenever I found out I could select multiple answers until I don't know what question it was specifically, but I was trying to, to decide between the or all the answers, which one was the most appropriate, appropriate yeah. answer. And I clicked one and I was like, no, I think it's this one. And it highlighted both. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So it starts getting well, into- but really, I will say on that day, we were mainly there for La Cellier. Yeah, we that's were. why we went. We were. Yeah. Yes. And I, I don't think I changed the answer on that question. Um, but then it starts getting into what my favorite part of Epcot is. If it's the World Showcase, you know, um, and then where like the test track area, Future World, yeah. Future World, and then um, is Innovations an area? Yeah, well, Innovations it, it's that's the area that's kind of on the backside of Spaceship Earth. You've got the two wings of Innovations, yeah. East and West. Yeah. yeah. So I started like I clicked again, still not knowing I can click multiple places. I click. World Showcase, because mm-hmm. I love World Sh- Showcase, you know? But I love the other places, too. Yeah. Well, um, so it starts asking me questions about, that gets very specific, and this is where it gets interesting. It asked me about Figment, mm-hmm. and it said, do you know who Figment is? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And then it said, who do you think Figment is? And um, it said, that, uh, the mascot of Epcot a character on a ride in Epcot. Um, I've never heard, or I don't know who Figment is, or I have never heard of this character, you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, that's interesting. So then um, it was, you know, like, do you think, I think one of the questions, and I'm, I may get it wrong, but I'm getting to the gist of what the question was. It was almost like asking if I thought Figment was relevant to Epcot. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I put, it was like, yes, absolutely relevant or something like that, where it was yeah. like the most emphatic yes. Yeah. So I clicked it, clicked on that one. And this is whenever I start realizing that, like, as I'm going through and I see the, the, um, the C's questions pop up. Mm-hmm. And um, once I get to the C's question, it was like, um, I remember where I changed my answer and I realized so then I felt like I needed to do damage control, you know. Um, it was like the seas. Why did you not visit the seas? Because it asked if we did, and I, we didn't. No, we didn't that day. And um, and it was like, what is it about the seas that you didn't visit? And I, I there were some answers, and I I was like, I clicked on because I saw it first that we weren't interested. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that we weren't interested. We just were That's not what our goal was yeah. that day. And then I am going down to the bottom of the question and I see like other answers where it's like, you know, didn't have time. Um, and then one of them was it's a kid area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tried to switch it to we didn't have time and it showed me that those were still there. Well, it's insane. So then it starts going on like. Um, have you ever been to the seas? Mm-hmm. Do you like? Do you like the aquarium part? What do you think of the Nemo ride? Mm-hmm. Like it's just going on and on, and I'm like, oh my god, they're asking specifically about Figment and the, and the seas. seas. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of it, weird. It is, and it's relevant because in in today's world of rumors. From sites that shall not be mentioned anymore. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, stories that get bounced around about 
whether this thing might go away, whether this pavilion might close, whether, you know, whatever it may be. But when you get a survey like this, yeah, it starts to really hit close to home that there are some things Disney's really evaluating. Right. This isn't, this is not a random, oh, they just happened to ask you about Figment. Because Figment has been on the chopping block for a while. Yeah. Well, oh, one of the questions yeah. that after I figured out I could select multiple answers and I was like, oh my God, I've got to do damage control because I may have been misunderstanding what the goal was because it doesn't say anywhere yeah. on the questions that you can select multiple or select all answers that apply. Yeah. But there was one part where it actually lists the actual names of the rides in Epcot and was saying, which ride um, do you always have to ride when you go there? So I went through and started clicking a bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, there's... What did you leave off? That's interesting. I don't really... What did you leave off? Spill it. I, can't, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> you won't. I want to know. I don't really care The three for, caballeros. I actually like that one. Oh. I think it's cute. Um, I don't like... Um, the Nemo ride, yeah. and I don't like Mission Space that much. So those two you left off. Yeah. You, did you check all the other ones? Yes, I did. Because I was like, oh my gosh, don't do not do this to me. I'm not <laughs> going to be responsible for <laughs> the actions of It's Disney. like the episode of The Office. You have to decide who to fire. Yeah. it was. It, you know, they put me in a really bad position that day. <laughs> <laughs> and but, it was Halloween. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. But so guys, I don't know if you heard mom when she told me that story originally, but like, what, what are you thinking when you hear that Disney's asking guests these questions? Does it make you feel worried about figment? Um, I did at first feel worried about figment, but I'm confident that a lot of people said they like him. Yeah. You think so? So whoever it is up there in the Disney, uh, Bob Chappick, that's who you need to worry yeah, about. Well, I hope that he sees all the answers and changes his mind about Figment. Here's the thing, really quick, sorry to jump in, McKenna, when you were getting ready to give your part, but here's the thing, really quick, that you guys should understand as well. Whenever I first went to Disney back in 2007, I think it was, um, I had no idea who Figment was. Right. And um, never heard of him or anything, so if... If that survey had come up whenever I had first time ever visited Disney, I wouldn't know what to say. I would say that I don't know who he is. Yeah. And there and that happens for a lot of people who don't actually get to visit the parks. Right. Because Figment seems to be just a park thing. It's not really on TV. He had a comic book that came out, but I don't know that anyone even I mean, knew about that. That's and that thing. was it was recently, like the last couple of years. Yeah, it's just it's very park exclusive. Yeah. So it's kind of unfair to ask that question until people get the appropriate well, exposure. I would agree that it's unfair, but the person that designed that survey knows exactly what they're doing. I know. They're trying to prove a point. Yeah, they go to college for it or went to. What do you think, Kenna? Why don't I get this survey? Yeah. I have a lot of opinions. Yeah. A lot of opinions. There should there should be a written response thing so I can say that box, I, ex I extremely um, love, like, figment. L love figment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it makes me worried. I feel worried because um, it is someone trying to prove a point. That's any time I've ever made a survey, it's so I can prove yeah. someone wrong. Yep. <laughs> um Oh yeah, someone people were definitely arguing. Yeah, people cuz there are probably people who have been there longer who are like, "Hey, we should keep Figment. He's part of the park." And then there are probably younger people coming in like, "We need to change it. We need to amp it up or something." Yeah. Or maybe it's the older people, who knows. Yeah, I have heard. So, one of the things and not to not to spread rumors, and when we talk about rumors, I'll try to be very clear that we're talking about rumors. Yeah, this is not this news. This mean nothing. This this is not news, but one of the rumors I heard at one point is that Journey into Imagination was being considered a to uh, eventually change over to an inside out attraction. And one of the reasons is exactly what we're talking about. There are people in, in positions of power that believe that no one knows who Figment is and no one cares unless you are someone who's been going to the, the Walt Disney World Resort for a very long time and you've developed like this nostalgia for Figment. So I believe that what they're trying to demonstrate is that there's going to be a lot more people who don't care 
about figment than do. And so, yeah, you're going to tick some people off, but those are the people who have annual passes. They're going to keep coming anyway. Yeah. And, um, oh, I lost it. I was going to say Actually, something. Actually, you, you could probably make more money off of the people who do love figment because they're coming back and spending more money on Disney. Well, I would argue that you need to be true to the people who are loyal to your park. I also think, um, when it, I, I remember what it was I wanted to say. One of the things that I've noticed is a lot of figment merchandise. Merch, yeah. And I'm wondering if they're tracking the sales of that. I guarantee they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, if figment merchandise is selling really well, mm-hmm. then it means he's popular. Yeah. I'm surprised if you buy a figment thing, they don't ask, like, are you a Florida resident? How many times have you been to the park? Yeah. You know, do you know who this is? <laughs> who is this man? Also, um, I don't think you should, you, you have to go like a bunch of times to like Figment because the first time that I saw Figment, uh, I already liked him. Yeah, it's true. He's instantly lovable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think that people kind of think some, there are people who think he's a throwaway character and that it won't matter if he's gone. And I mean, I just this this survey is troubling because I think it demonstrates that there are things going on in the background that are going to start moving towards phasing him out. Yeah. And I think you're right about the merch because now I bought that Farewell Illuminations baseball jersey shirt, jersey shirt right. that has Figment on it, but it's a pass holder exclusive. No like you have to be a pass holder to buy that and I, I didn't even realize it when I picked it up. But then I was like, hey, I'm a pass holder. I got this. <laughs> but um, Garrett, you got the Epcot 35 Magic Band that has, it's prominently featured. Figment's on there. And then he and, was. And I have a Figment plush. You got a Figment plush. He I was have on. Ears. You've got Figment ears. He was all over the Flower and Garden stuff. Yeah, everywhere. So it really kind of makes you wonder are they trying to position him as the Epcot mascot or are they trying to show. Well, look, these things with Figment on them didn't really sell that much. And, you know, uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. And it definitely starts to make you think. And the question about the C's gives some legitimate, legitimacy to some of the other rumors that that may be something being considered for demo. Well, I like the aquarium. Yeah. I mean, the aquarium is cool. Um, it's a nice place to go cool off. But it is kind of a kitty area like turtle talk with crush um that's not a grown-up engagement i went to it and i felt like the creepy weird person who didn't have a kid watching kids play with a turtle on on the screen you know it's weird and i was like oh okay but well i also though have said before like i think you've you've got to have things for people of all ages too Mm -hmm. right so not everything needs to appeal to adults and Speaking of stuff, I agree, you know, not everything needs to appeal to adults. But um, speaking of one of the things that's true about Figment, um, whenever I was standing in line before you guys got here to go on to that ride, um, there was a group of younger, you know, maybe a little bit around McKenna's age, maybe a little older um, kids in line. And uh, we were standing there, you know, where they have like Wayne's. Wayne Solinsky guy yeah. and Robin Williams yep. and then the other You're walking through the labs and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So um they were like I don't is that that guy on that show that like had kids or something that he shrank? Yeah. And they were like, I think so. When was that? Yeah. And I just remember thinking, Oh gosh, that was a long time ago, you yeah. know. Honey I shrank and the kids was, I mean yeah. You know, they were like, oh, and everyone knew who Robin Williams was, but sure. they didn't know who the other, the guy in the ride. Eric Idle. No, Eric, yeah, people don't know who Eric they, Idle is. They was. had no idea who yeah. he was. And so it is a little dated. I agree. I just don't think that means get rid of it. I think, no, that, no, I I think it means fix it. Yeah. Update. Update. Like make, um, what's that guy you watch on YouTube all the time? Um, there are a lot of guys I watch on YouTube all the time. Wait, it's he has a funny name. PewDiePie. Yeah, get him to no. be one of the. No, no, he that's is not a scientist. They should put. Why not Bill Nye? Like Bill, uh, hey, sorry, no, that'd be cool. I stole Garrett's thunder. And Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Oh, but I like I love. And then like Robin Williams up there. Well, <laughs> I love Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Me too. And I, you, yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. I know. I, I feel know. like the. 
the old scientists, like things that, you know, you have to know was in the past is kind of the charm of, of that ride. Yeah. It's, it feels dated, but that's charming for it. Yeah. I think, I don't know that the ride is extremely well executed. There are things that I like about it. I like that there's still some elements from the original ride that you can still see in it. Um, I, the, the tour of the lab maybe isn't the right way to do it, but, but I'm not, I don't necessarily think we need to go back to have the dream finder with his airship and let's just, you know, go back to the original concept. I I've heard, you know, people suggest why not make it like a trackless ride and you can have like multiple experiences, maybe go in different rooms on different, you know, trips through it and different things like that. Make it fun. And also figment wasn't always like so obnoxious. He used to be more like cute and lovable, and he still he still is cute and lovable, but he's a little more of a troublemaker now. Yeah, and it wasn't like that before. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I like it. I like the mischievous. But I do think that movement. you know maybe when they were coming up with that concept, it was a time where that was kind of the thing. Like you had, I'm thinking of like um, movies like Problem Child yeah. and stuff like that. It's like oh. People love the little rapscallion. They want to tossle his hair and be like, oh, you little rascal. You know, that sort of thing. I mean, Figment causes trouble, but he still has good intentions. Yeah, I agree. Just trying to make... Hey, I'm on Figment's side. The professor realize his imagination. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not anything... But the fact that I all of a sudden in the middle of the survey was like, oh, my God, what are they doing? What's yeah. going on right now? You had that like, realization. That kind of freaked you me out. You became aware. Yeah. And then um, after the survey was over, like all I could think about, I, if I wasn't at work and I wasn't so busy, I would have called you immediately. But all I could think about. And the fact that I remembered to tell you yeah. is another thing that oh, yeah. means it was significant because I don't remember anything. Um, but whenever I was sitting there and it was all over and I started working, I was like, Oh my God, I should have taken screenshots. Yeah. Like it just dawned on me while I was super busy. And yeah. the fact that it did that to me and made that much of an impact says something. Cause they, I don't usually care. They sent it to you in a casual email asking you to take this survey, but yeah. it's a pretty significant thing. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it until you said that they were, should have asked people when they were buying merchandise if they were Florida residents and stuff. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think I that's how much I don't read into things usually. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, but it's all it's all got a purpose, you yeah. know. So I really thought it was important to talk about and that's why I wanted to make sure we had time to talk about it today because I think that what's happening is significant. There's mm-hmm. reasons behind it and you know, I think that we all have you to blame when the seas and mission space close. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> so, I, if if Figment closes, I'm just gonna be so sad. But I honestly, I I may feel like, oh, peace out, seas. But I'm probably not gonna be like, oh, that's so sad. I'd be sad, but I don't. I don't. I'll be honest. Since it's been the seas with Nemo and friends. To me, it's been just fine, but I, I used to really love it when it was Sea Base Alpha. It was a totally different thing to me, like it, because it felt like, well, of course, I was a kid, and I've said many, many times, I totally believed the hydrolators were going down under the ground and underwater, uh, and that you were really going to an undersea base. Um, but it felt really cool. Of course, my brain didn't reconcile why you just walked out and you were back at ground level, yeah. but, <laughs> but, um. Like there, I'm sure that that is an expensive pavilion to maintain. Yeah. yeah. Live I, animals are always expensive. Yeah. Especially saltwater aquariums with all those fish. And it's amazing. I like, I know me and McKenna had a really good time when we were exploring it and we wish we had more time to, to kind of enjoy it when we were there last time. But I could see Disney being like, here's an opportunity to use this space to turn it into a profit center rather than a cost center, you know? Right. Make money instead of lose money. I don't know. I just, part of me feels like it's good that I found out that this survey was happening because I think everybody's going to be interested in it. Yeah. But part of me just feels so much sadness right now because I don't want to contribute part to of the it. Deni- <laughs> You're part demise of, the problem. of anything. <laughs> yeah. Although, again, I just, 
mission space and Nemo just don't do it for when me. They, when they close down uh, Journey into Imagination, they'll, they're going to put a picture of you and they'll be like, well, Samantha Monorail said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was a contributor. <laughs> it's going to be one of those millennials that's making these decisions. They're going to be like, oh, we'll just blame it on that girl on the podcast. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I wanted to cover. I know yeah. you've got people to see and places to go, so we're going to wrap up this segment. But uh, thanks for sharing the survey. and. Yeah. And for those of you out there, I mean, again, don't believe, every, obviously, we don't we don't try to spread the rumors and don't believe everything you read on the internet or everything you even hear from us. And we try to tell you when we know something is is false. But this was a real survey. Yeah. It, with real specific questions. It was very interesting. So. And um, don't be mad at me. Yeah. Uh, we'll forgive you this time. Sorry if you love Nemo and Mission Space, too. <laughs> um, but... Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to send it over to M34D and stick with us because we're going to take a ride on the wildest ride on in the wilderness. And don't be mad at me. <laughs> Welcome back to the monorail. This is M34D. That is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And I am so honored to welcome our guest back to the monorail. It's Landon the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back. Uh, always fun to be coming from the uh, M34D, a.k.a. the Fun B, on the otherwise humdrum B that is known as the Monday Morning Monorail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've had a couple weeks off. I hope you enjoyed your vacation. Yeah, unscheduled vacation. By the way, two weeks ago, I show up at what I thought was the, the uh, Monorail podcasting studios. Apparently, you guys moved or something, didn't tell me what the hey. Yeah. And then uh, last week, you just, just big time. <laughs> you moved to Florida for one week, and all of a sudden, you're too good to record your podcast segment with what I thought you considered a pretty okay friend, but you know. You are a dear friend. I see how it is. So since you've been in Florida, I can only assume that you've already been issued the statewide jorts that you get. Uh, the welcome four-pack of Four loco, not six-pack because it's four. And then uh, I could only assume that a rat tail has started to grow in. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. You, You're already too far gone then. I'm yeah. sorry. You all may think I'm just overdue for a haircut, but really they just won't let me go yet. <laughs> um, I've got to grow in a bit of a mullet back here, but, uh, yeah. And the things you were saying about Tim Tebow, you used to swear, uh, uh, swear in bad ways when it came to that man. Now you're swearing in positives. You change, man. You He's my change. hero. Yeah. Um, well things do change, but some things stay the same. And the one thing I want to stay the same on this show is having the M34 segment with Landon the Dawes Dawn. So I'm glad you're back and we're going to have a good one today. We are still moving our way through Magic Kingdom attractions, some that are still with us, some that are no longer with us. The one IP and peace, Stitch's Great Escape. That's right, yeah. Um, and whatever it's called, I don't care. <laughs> this one is still with us, luckily, and I don't think it's going anywhere for a very long time unless somehow you can move mountains, and I hope you can't. This one is the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Kind of a kind of a newish addition uh, to the Magic Kingdom. It was built in the summer of 2012 by the fans of the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team in hopes of keeping together their big three. Of course, I'm talking about Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. Unfortunately, a trade happened, sending Harden to the Rockets. So the fans decided to trade Big Thunder Mountain to Walt Disney World. So you know, I hate it for the Thunder <laughs> fan base, but I think it worked out well for everybody else. Yeah, I, I think we all made out pretty okay. Um, <laughs> Except Russell Westbrook. That guy just seems really angry. And I would be, too, if I had to live by myself in Oklahoma City <laughs> without James Harden or Kevin Durant. 
it would make it tough. Uh, well, they he, got Paul George now. N- never mind. This isn't an NBA podcast. It would probably soften the blow if he had an exciting attraction like the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in his backyard that he could ride, which, by the way, now that I live in Orlando, it's just right over there. Uh <laughs> Uh, but you know what? It is a newer attraction to the Magic Kingdom. This was not an opening day attraction. It actually first opened up November 15th of 1980 in Frontierland. Um, like many of the attractions that have come before it that we've discussed, it did open in Disneyland first, but it also was not a Disneyland opening day attraction. It opened September 2nd of 1979. It, repla- it replaced what was the mine train through nature's wonderland. So it was not something that, uh, you know, Walt presided over. Uh, it was something that came later on. And, um, but even so, it was a new idea. And it's a, a bit of a tip of the cap because Walt, we all know, was a train enthusiast. And so we do have the trains and, you know, another mountain for the mountain range of the Disneyland parks. Um, and it is also... You can find a Big Thunder Mountain in a couple other parks. In uh, Tokyo Disneyland, they have one that opened in 87, and then in Disneyland Paris. Not just on any day in July of 87. It was July the 4th, 1987. Very good point, which is, yeah, it's it's coming up on its anniversary right now. Happy birthday. Yeah. If if you celebrate birthdays, railroad (laughs) coasters, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be turning 32 coming up this week on Friday. Um, And then, or Thursday, right? Yeah. Thursday, yes, because I'm off Thursday. I have to work Friday, though. Not that I'm bitter about it or anything. <laughs> and then it opened uh, Disneyland Paris April 12th of 1992. So that's the that's the youngest version of the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. But obviously a popular attraction. I think people consider it to be a classic Walt Disney World attraction, even though it's somewhat of a newcomer. Um, it's a new classic. And I like that. A new classic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it has to be old to be a classic, you know? It just has well, to and, be and real good. I, I know in the scheme of things, it is, it is considered still new or maybe not old in Walt Disney World. But I mean, at the same time, it, it, at least in the in the Magic Kingdom, this has been around since 1980. So yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. maybe maybe <laughs> new is kind of a relative term. But I like like I always discover stuff about these attractions whenever I do prep for this podcast. And one of the things I discover talking about Big Thunder. I guess for whatever reason, because it was always there for me day one, I always assumed it was just there day one yeah. period. But as 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 we've clearly discovered, it isn't. But at the same yeah. time, it kind of is just Disney to me. It's like it's like it when, when I think of Disney, this is one of the first rides that comes to the forefront. Yeah, and it is because not only we mentioned Walt's love of trains, but he also had a love for kind of the front, the American frontier, mm-hmm. the Wild West. So. I'm in frontier land. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and so it almost feels like something that, you know, and we'll kind of talk through the history, but it really feels like something that Walt himself would have loved to have seen open up in his park. So I, I think it's a it's a very fitting attraction and I I think that nowadays you just you just don't get rides like this anymore. You know, I think people we were having a discussion on Twitter it was, I think, uh, the DVC duo, Nate and Serena, asked the question, is uh, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, is it considered one of the mountain range of the Magic Kingdom now? Is it a mountain? I don't think so. I And, and first of all, it's a hill more than it is a mountain. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, I just don't think, I think when you, it's almost like saying, does it belong on like the Mount Rushmore of of uh mountains in magic kingdom and i and i just don't think it does i don't think the seven dwarves mine train is one that we're gonna in 20 30 years say oh that is a that is a classic magic kingdom attraction i could be wrong but i just don't see it getting that status i mean i have to agree with you like the, the question that you phrased the first way is this now considered one of the mountains in the in the walt disney world mountainscape or landscape it's like yeah. well maybe but then when you frame it is this going to be a mount rushmore type attraction then flat out no yeah because i mean every other one of the mountain rides is a slam dunk yes this is a mount rushmore attraction when yeah. it comes to walt disney world where it's like i do think what you said 20 30 years when uh seven dwarves has some age on it the biggest draw to that ride, at least in my opinion, are those animatronics inside the attraction. 20, 30 years down the line with the way technology has 
been advancing so far. I'm willing to bet those attra those attractions with those yeah. animatronics, particularly Seven Dwarfs, probably ain't going to be looking all that great. So I would I would have to side with you in this one. That's an interesting thought because you know the, those animatronics do look kind of cool right now. But one of the things that we are seeing a lot of is Disney use the uh, projection faces on the animatronics. Yes. And I'm wondering if that's one of the things that's going to look dated at some point. And we're all going to... It won't look like... Cla like, you ride Peter Pan. And we've talked about, why is Peter Pan still a classic? Why why does Peter Pan consistently have hour and a half waits for, for that ride? Because there's nothing that blows your mind about it today. It's just considered a classic. But when you ride it, there's something that's really nice and nostalgic about it. And... I think that even though it doesn't have the most advanced animatronics, the things that you see in that ride stand the test of time. They're 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 kind of timeless. Um, though, I, but I do think that when you ride certain other rides, some of the effects start to feel dated after a certain period of time. And you know, you could probably look at something like Journey into Imagination as an example of that. Um, but and, and so I think that'll affect Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So, but you don't have any of that in Big Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain doesn't really have anything about it that feels dated. It, it, it has effects that feel pretty, um, pretty timeless, really, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, um, as we kind of redirect the train back to the mountain that we want to talk about. Oh, um, is that what we're doing? Yeah. I'm rerouting. I'm switching tracks back to Big Thunder Mountain. Ah, uh, uh, look at you staying on point with the gimmick. <laughs> but, um, but let's describe it a little bit for those who may not know what Big Thunder Mountain is. It is a roller coaster themed after a mine train, and Disney describes it as the wildest ride in the wilderness. You're um, throw in a yeehaw and then uh, shoot your guns at me. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Uh, <laughs> it says on the Disney website, this is a race through a haunted gold mine aboard a speeding train on a thrilling coaster-style ride. When I read that, yeah, you're raising your hand. It's haunted? I didn't know that. Okay, thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, I read that. It's like, oh, yeah. cool. That's what they were going for. I didn't get that. No, nope. that's that's apparently what they were going. Yeah, for. I mean, you definitely get <laughs> like, especially when you're going through the mines. You know, you've got the bats, and and the mine kind of feels like it's collapsing around you. You've got dynamite going off, but it doesn't feel haunted to me. No, that just feels like I'm in an 1800s prospector town. Yeah, that I sh that I shouldn't be in because it's probably condemned and it's all mm -hmm. falling apart. Yeah, I mean, you literally talked about how the mine is getting ready to cave in on. You definitely should not be in there. But at the same time, I was like, man, this cave-in sure is haunted. No, I never would have thought. But here's where the haunting comes in. And it was when I was reading the backstory where this really uh, started to make sense to me. So, And, and this, the story is pretty much the same no matter what big Thunder Mountain you're looking at. Whether it's California, Tokyo, Paris, it doesn't matter. They have very similar stories. So, from Disney. Legend has it that soon after gold was first discovered during America's gold rush in the 1850s, eerie things began to occur. Trains would take off and race through the tunnels by themselves. Arrive at the legendary Big Thunder Mining Company, descend into an abandoned mine shaft, and board your train. As you enter the cursed cavern, your train speeds up along the rickety track, dodge exploding dynamite, and falling boulders as you swoop around turns. So, this is the thing, and... The, the town that you actually enter in Magic Kingdom is called Tumbleweed. It's the town of Tumbleweed. And that's another thing that's different between parks. But where the backstory kind of diverges even a little bit more is that um, there was a flash flood at in Tumbleweed that affected the mine and it affected the town. And that's why when you go around, you're going to see there's like water around Big Thunder Mountain. Um, and and so that's something that, that uh, is unique to the Magic Kingdom. In Disneyland, it was an earthquake that hit the town. Yeah. And yeah. So a little bit different if you're just kind of looking at the backstory. I'm not sure why they decided to go different routes. Maybe just because earthquakes are more common in California. Floods are more common in Florida. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But you know, you are supposed to be kind of in the frontier, the West. So I think we all could have suspended our disbelief if they just wanted to what keep it. What are you talking about? Orlando, Florida is known for being a wild, wild frontier. Just yeah. lawlessness as far as the eye can see. Yeah. I, I think we all would have been okay with the earthquake backstory, but, you know, whatever. I, who am I? I? This is some fantasy imagineering again. I, I'm just saying, if it were fantasy me... imagineering, I like that. <laughs> if it were me and I was Tony Baxter and Bill Watkins, I think I just would have been like, you know what, guys, let's just stick with the earthquake wherever we put it. It's a good story. And we're in the frontier. That's all you need to know. Yep. 
that's apparently haunted. Yeah. But yeah, okay, with your explanation and the way they laid it out, okay, sure, I guess it's haunted? Yeah, haunted question mark, yeah. Yeah, haunted question mark, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, it's it's the second haunted attraction in the Magic Kingdom, along with. Are there any other that incorporate spirits or ghosts or hauntings? I I mean, you've got Haunted Mansion. Now we've got Big Thunder. Um, um, should at we? At one point, the Enchanted Tiki Room had some sort of god that oh, was angry. There you go. That's um, gods. I don't know if it's exactly the same. Um, well, I mean, oh, I mean, who else is going to be handing out curses other than God? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I agree with that. Um. I don't know if I would, but please continue. <laughs> I'm with you. I say stick to it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, we already gave a shout out to Tony Baxter. A shout out. How about a shout out to Tony Baxter? Oh no, this segment of the monorail has been cursed. I think it has been. <laughs> yeah, hang on to your hats and glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony Baxter and engineer Bill Watkins were the ones that designed this ride, and the concept. Came from Baxter's work, Baxter's work on fellow Imagineer Mark Davis's concept of the Western River Expedition, a Western-themed pavilion at the Magic Kingdom designed to look like an enormous plateau and contain many rides, which never that never came to pass. So there was supposed to be a totally different plan where there it was going to involve multiple attractions and it was going to you know look totally different. But uh, this this little piece of it is what survived, and and I've heard other people talk about Disney history and say things like. At Disney, ideas never really die. They they could go away and be gone for a very long time, but eventually something will bubble back up and they'll and it'll be m- maybe quite different than what the original concept was. But in the end, it's something similar. I, I think you could almost say that idea for the the plateau uh, and multiple rides within the plateau ended up coming to pass in Pandora because that's kind of what they did. With the Navi River Journey and the Flight of Passage, they're all within one uh, one big yeah, building area. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. When you lay it out that way, yeah, I could say that. Yeah. So these ideas, it doesn't matter if it was hatched by an Imagineer forty years ago, fifty years ago. It always stays out there, floating around, and eventually Disney's like, you know what? Let's do something with that. So, or if we're ta- uh, if you want to talk on Animal Kingdom and what. Uh I guess came before Pandora. There was supposed to be Beastly Kingdom, and that idea didn't happen. But I yeah. guess uh, Universal decided to use that same Disney uh, <laughs> thought process. Ideas are never gone; they just show up elsewhere. Hey. So Islands of Adventure says, "What's up?" Well, Disneyland. Uh, well, what I was going to say about that is that Universal has snagged a few Imagineers throughout the years. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, they, uh, I believe it's uh, Defunct Land on YouTube. They have a really great video talking about uh, the Beastly Kingdom and. Uh, Kevin Perger, I believe, is the guy that does it. Talks about how uh, Universal actively sought out former Imagineers, specifically for the Beastly Kingdom area, and yeah. they took a lot of their ideas and put them into Islands of Adventure. Yeah, and who can blame them? I mean, no, I, I yeah, seriously, <laughs> I, I'd do the same thing if I was Universal. Exactly. You're you're, you're Heck, trying. I would try and change my name to Disney World and, and just change the spelling <laughs> ever so slightly and go full blown Bojack Horseman. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't blame Universal for doing it. I mean, when you're chasing the theme park giant, the leader in world theme park entertainment, I think you go snag the some of those people yeah, that are behind it. Um, and Universal's doing great stuff over there, but I will they say, really are. but I will say that um, it's really in recent years that they've stepped their game up in terms. Of, I mean, you can start with the Wizarding World, but a lot yeah. of it, a lot of it came from. Let's pull some of those Disney guys over here and start like trying to catch up that way. If we can't beat them, steal them. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Plankton. If we're going to talk Universal, Plankton stealing the Krabby Patty formula. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to go hire SpongeBob and put him in your kitchen. Man, we're like one <laughs> Universal property reference away from this turning into Ultimate Universal talk. <laughs> or Ut. Ut. That was great. I can break out that sounder again. That was so good. <laughs> You know, like a quick sidebar. I've been working in audio and uh, production for like a decade at this point. That was probably one of the proudest I've ever been on anything I've ever produced. That stupid Ultimate Universal sounder. I got to tell you, I listened to that thing when I was editing the podcast and putting that in. I listened to it probably 20 times. And every time I listened to it, I was laughing. I I kept having to listen to it just to make sure I heard the whole thing because I was laughing so hard. It was great. You did a great job. I appreciate that. And the funny thing about that episode, of course, that was our April Fool's episode, and I named it Ultimate Universal Talk. 
I never changed it, and it's one of our most downloaded episodes of all time. And I and the the I, the thing that gets me about oh, that fantastic. is we started it as a universal prank for the people who were coming to hear a Walt Disney World podcast. Mm-hmm. Did it actually end up being a prank for people coming to listen to a universal, to a universal podcast? podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good. That's some next level comedy right there. Really, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think we both have something to be proud of there. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. Um this mine train is is re- it really is haunted because it's taking us all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it is driving itself literally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but let's talk about it some more. So Landon, I know this is a ride you've experienced. Um Tell me about your memories of Big Thunder Mountain. Is this a ride that you can, it, like you've, you, like you said, I think you already said, you always remember it being there. Um, were you ever kind of afraid, with Little Landon afraid of this ride, or was it always one you were excited for? And then what do you remember about it? This was never a ride that I was afraid of or I shied away from. Now, we've talked about in previous episodes of me being terrified of alien extraterrestrial yeah. or whatever. And even even when I was growing up, Little Landon was kind of freaked out by the Haunted Mansion because, you know, there's almost a thousand ghosts in that house. Yeah. And, and I'm Very willing close. to bet they ain't Casper. It turns out <laughs> they were more Casper than, you know, poltergeist. But no, it's like I loved Big Thunder Mountain from from the very first time I ever went to Disney. And it's like... This is one of these attractions that if I'm going to Walt Disney World, I am going to make time to get on the Big Thunder Mountain. I love this ride. And it's like the dumbest thing that sticks out to me is at one point you're coming around a curve. It's a part where where it kind of levels off for a second and you go under a, a sign and there's a animatronic possum just hanging there <laughs> just over your head for whatever reason. I love that thing. Like and to the point where. I think the very first Disney-related Twitter I ever sent out was probably about five years ago at this point. I go, uh, they're the person that I was dating with at the time. We go down to Walt Disney World, and I get on Big Thunder Mountain. And for whatever reason, the day that I wrote it, I don't know if it had to be pulled for, I guess, uh, repairs or whatever. The possum was gone. Oh, no. And I get on Twitter. I'm half apoplectic. I'm like, all right, Big Thunder Mountain's cool. Where the F is that possum? And so uh, you can go searching through my old tweets for that one. I'm sure it's out there. But, like, that's how much I love Big Thunder Mountain. It's like, don't get me wrong, the ride's cool, but I love it so much that I like the dumb, small, nuanced things right down to the animatronic opossum that's supposed to be hanging out. Now, thankfully, I think it's back. Yeah. I think. I think so. But still, like, like, I, I, I really dig this ride. Like, to to me, this is a Disney 101 course. Yeah, it is. And a must-do every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. I don't care if you've ridden it once. I don't care if you've ridden it a thousand times. You can do a couple more times. Yeah. Unless you physically can or your doctor says you're not supposed to. <laughs> then I right. guess maybe don't. Good point. Good point. Yeah, because it's a little rough. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about this, this story just really points out something that I think is very crucial about this ride. There are so many details throughout the ride, so many things to see. There's so much storytelling going on that one ride through isn't going to really do it justice. And and I know this is another one of those ones I struggle to not look at the same things every time. I have to remind myself, okay, you always look at the goat. Stop looking at the goat. Let's look over and find some other details around and, you know, different things like that. So... There's a lot going on, and I really think that, you know, ride it a couple of times. You got to ride it once just to enjoy the ride. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's it's nice to ride with a loved one because you might slide around a little bit, and it's it's nice to cozy up. I think we might have mentioned Big Thunder on our Valentine's episode. As, mm-hmm. I was going to point that out. Yeah, potentially a very romantic ride because you do have to also, if snuggle up. Uh, I was going to say also if you're down there with somebody you're dating and maybe things aren't going so well, it could also serve a purpose as you go wham careening into them. So it could either be, you know, romantic or a little uh, vindictive, yeah. your choice. Or yeah. maybe, you know, why not both? It depends on which side you sit on. Yeah, it could be both. Some people, you know, that's, hey, listen, I don't judge. Hey, um, absolutely not. We're not here to, to discuss the flaws in your relationship. It's only mine. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to turn into a therapy session, but okay. Uh, your check's in the mail, by the way. <laughs> by the way, just just a heads up to our listeners, the last half of this podcast gets a little blue. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's very steeped in story. There's so much detail to see. 
And one of the things that I think may make this ride a little more approachable than some of the others, I love the way that Disney builds roller coasters to look like they're built into the mountains so that you never have this sense of, I'm way up here and there's nothing under me. Um, the only one that really does a lot of that is Expedition Everest, and it's when you're going up. So before you reach the peak of Everest, you're actually just kind of on the lift hill. Other other Walt Disney World coasters don't do that. Um, you're you're pretty much. I mean, we talked about Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. The whole time you're really on the ground um, and kind of yeah, yeah. As you said, it's not mountains; it's really hills. Yeah, it's hills. But the same for Thunder Mountain. You're either on top of the mountain, like on the mountain, or you're going in the mine cave. Um, and you know, well, Space Mountain. I mean, but. You're in total darkness, so you really yeah, have no say, concept. Yeah, of, unless unless you've watched one of those videos where, where it's a ride through with the lights on, you really yeah. don't know what you're talking. About. Yeah, so you've got those, but but yeah, I really like it. I think that makes it less uh, threatening to maybe some little ones who see it and they're like, "Oh, it's it's a train. It's a train going around a mountain." You know, it, it's fast and it's rumbly. Um, one of the things you I read, can lie and trick your kids. Yeah, parents. exactly. It's a train ride. <laughs> It's not scary. Um, one of the things I thought was pretty interesting as I was doing some research for this one was at different points in the ride, they pipe in train sounds and to make it more authentic whistles and train, you know, trains kind of humming along down the track. And I read that they these sound effects are the same ones that are used in, in an Indiana Jones movie. Did you read that? I did not read in, that. In Temple no. of Doom, I guess, like the there's uh, they use the, the sound effects of the mine carts. You know, and it's and yeah. and I read that those are the same sound effects they use for Big Thunder Mountain. I don't really? know. Yeah. Now again, this came from the internet, so who so knows? It must be true. It absolutely must be true. But I just think it's interesting, and you know what? I want to believe it. Absolutely. That's 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 one of those fun facts. Even though you weren't asking me to deem it, I will say. That is indeed, oh God, a fun fact. It's a Tower of Disney DVDs collapses on me. Save the Muppets and Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3, baby. <laughs> By the way, I still haven't seen 4. I hear it's good. Yes, go see it. We saw it this weekend. This just yesterday. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably get around to see it this week. I've been slacking on my movies. Uh, I really have. You got to get out up. there. This one, This one's worth it. Make the trip. I got to go watch Godzilla. I got to watch that. Uh, Spider-Man's going to be out. Uh, later this week, so oh, we spent a lot of time in movies. Anyway, please continue. Okay. Sorry, this this has really turned into a stream of consciousness uh, mind train. That's all right. <laughs> um, uh, I did want to mention the kind of the inspiration for the style, uh, and what I what I read. You know, kind of talking about how they try to fit things. Uh, the Imagineers try to fit things into the environments that they actually sit in. In California, the uh, the Red Rock Mountains are supposed to look like the formations of the American Southwest. Uh, so they're designed after the uh, hoodoos of Bryce Canyon National Park in Utah. That's and, just a fun word, hoodoos. Hoodoos, yeah. In Florida, Tokyo, and Paris, the rockwork designs are based on the rising buttes that are located in Arizona and Utah's Monument Valley. And, um, and, and again, the idea was the Imagineers made it look like the rocks have always been there and the tracks were just really built around them. So it's awesome. It's, it's the care and thought that goes into designing these attractions are why we do segments like this because so, so much effort goes into creating this environment where you can just you don't have to use so much of your imagination. You're still using your imagination, but so much of the detail work was done in the design and the building of the attractions that, that you feel like you're really transported, and then your imagination can go wild once you're there. And it's amazing. It's, it's like I'm looking at a picture of just Big Thunder Mountain and just... Even, like, this picture I'm looking at it has to be, like, several hundred feet away, but even just that far away looking at it, like... The details that you can see, the nooks and crannies of the mountain as it just continues to go up and up and up. I mean, like, when you phrased it, Disney, like, tried to make it look like that mountain had always just been there and Disney came in to build around it. I mean, like, yeah, that nailed it. And just, like, I wish you could see the hair on my arm just standing up thinking about it, standing in front of it, looking at it. It's one of those, like, most picturesque 
things in, in Walt Disney World as well. Like just standing in front of Big Thunder Mountain and letting somebody take your picture. Maybe if you got your magic or your memory maker, mm -hmm. so, uh, somebody will snap a picture for you. But it's just like that's one of those things. It's like that's part of the reason I love this ride. It's just because of everything around it and the awe-inspiring sight that is Big Thunder Mountain. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. It's great to photograph. You know, um, I don't I don't know if we've ever gone into much detail about this, but Disney also really thinks about the the paint that they use on attractions because they specifically pick paint tones that when you take pictures of them in like the sun bleached Florida heat with the sky that the pictures are going to pop. Like they don't want them to look washed out. They want it to like and so you can take I know when I take pictures of like Splash Mountain, Big Thunder, like even the castle other than I'm like I'm not such a bad photographer myself. <laughs> Cuz the pictures it's hard to take a bad picture of the attractions because seriously that that's one of the things that uh, Disney really takes a lot of care in picking out colors so that the that your pictures will be vibrant. <laughs> so. I didn't even ever think about that aspect, but good on you Disney. I guess there's a reason that people come to see your parks. Exactly. And the reason that Universal steals the Disney people because they exactly. want to they want to do it too. <laughs> so uh, those were that, that that exhausted my notes. I mean, uh, Landon, did you have anything else to add before we wrap this one up? Uh, yes, actually, uh, when the Oklahoma City Thunder traded Big Thunder Mountain to Walt Disney. Uh, this is weird. Disney sent back Serge Ibaka. I had no idea Serge Ibaka was a uh, Imagineer for the Walt Disney Corporation. <laughs> Great. I have one more extremely fun fact. I didn't have a list for you, but I've got one really good one that I think you're going to like. All right, hold on. Let me let me clear my table so I don't finish knocking over my magic cards and Disney collection. Okay. Yeah, by the way, my, my kitchen table just looks like it got taken over by an eight-year-old. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> and this one may make you just like jump out of your seat. Okay. So, Big Thunder Mountain, not only is it fun, it actually can serve a medical purpose for some people. I, have you ever heard that if you are in need of passing a kidney stone, Big Thunder Mountain is a great ride for you to ride because it can encourage you to go ahead and pass said kidney stone? Shut up. And like, I... You came very close to having to do an edit right there. I'm just going to tell you that. Like, yeah. Seriously? Here's the story. October 2016... The Journal of American Osteopathic Association, there was a paper written by Dr. Wartinger or Wartinger, one of the two, and he found that patients of his had passed kidney stones after riding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, um, including one who passed three stones on three separate occasions. Oh my God, three? Yeah. Oh. The doctor then tested this result with permission of Disney with a 3D model of a kidney by riding the ride over 20 times. The study found that nearly 70% of the time the kidney stone was passed, with results varying depending on which row he sat in. Yeah. The study, Seriously? Yeah. The study also found that Space Mountain and Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith failed to cause the result. <laughs> That's amazing. So there you go. Hold on, I gotta call my insurance provider and tell them that my annual pass is by it doctor's should be covered. orders now. Yeah, yeah, come on. You got a kidney wow. stone? Insurance should cover that trip to Disney right there because it's cheaper than paying the doctor to. Yeah, seriously, isn't that amazing? That's it. That's amazing. Both, <laughs> both the, the the medical purpose and yes, just go to Walt Disney World. It'd be way cheaper than an ER visit. But, there you go. Wow. Well, maybe not as life saving, but but you, you don't come here for medical advice. Um. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. I go. will, in fact, deem that a fun fact. Yes, and we didn't knock over any of your nerdy <laughs> things you've got on the table either. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid if I hit the, uh, the table, like I'd hit it so hard, like Yu-Gi-Oh cards would come out <laughs> from like 20 years ago. <laughs> All right, Landon. Well, this has been a fun one. Let's uh, wrap it up by plugging a few things, why don't we? Uh, L-A-N-D-O-Z Please go follow me Landon Doan I'm the best Landon Doan Not the rest But you can find me on Twitter 280 characters at a time I also on a website Buttmunchchips.com Buttmunchchips Sit on your butt and munch 
has not been updated in forever. So I'm actually kind of questioning why I keep plugging it, but I still own the URL. So I'm going to continue to do so. But that's where you can find old podcasts of Nearfall Radio, Game of Thrones Talk, aka Got Talk, uh, episodes of the RND Project. Uh, all two of them are available in the iTunes store. Um, I'm going to be uh, breaking out hashtag Dawes Does Disney uh, next week. I will be returning to the uh, Walt Disney World property, so uh, I might have to put up with the Monorail family for a couple days. We'll, uh, we'll, I'm sure, get some stuff for the podcast out of that because Jay is what he likes to painfully refer to himself as a content creator. Makes everybody in the room roll his eyes. No, not really. I made that part up. Oh, and I'm also on the Phil Show, Newstalk987.com. So that's the website that. W-O-K-I is the call letters. 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Sorry to Go step on your, on your no, plug. No, those were terrible plugs. Feel free to step all over them. But I was just going to mention, speaking of content creation, it drives my kids crazy sometimes because I feel like, you know, I'm like, well, I'm always kind of looking for some opportunities to add things to the YouTube or to the Instagram or whatever it may be. So you may have noticed that we have a new video on the YouTube and you can... Take a ride with the monorail family on the TTA People Mover. The funny yeah, thing about that, the funny thing about that uh, video, if you listen to it, the kids are complaining. Like several times, they complain to me about making the video. They're like, "Why are you doing this? This is supposed to just be a relaxing ride where we can just chat and have fun." I'm like, "That's fine, just do it." I'm just <laughs> and and at one point, at one point, you can hear me say, "I'll just remove the audio from this. Don't worry." <laughs> That's always the best part when you're making something and he's like, ah, I'll just make a mental note to myself right here. We're going to do this. And then you hear it. It's like, I knew there was something I was forgetting to do. Yeah. So, yes, That's I, fantastic. I do pretend uh, in my spare time to be a content creator and, and I enjoy doing it. But Well, I was only making that up about how you were being insufferable doing it. I have no <laughs> idea. True. I was actually uh, so kind of hitting close to home on that one. It's so true. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Landon, thanks again for joining me. We will see you right back here next week. Okay, bye-bye. Welcome back to the monorail. I hope you enjoyed M34D today with Landon, the Dawes Doan. It's good to have him back. It's always sad when we miss him, and I know you all miss him too. Make sure to let him know out there on the Twitters, at L-A-N-D-O-Z. He is the star of M34D, and we all know it. Um, I'm going to wrap up today's show just with a couple of little things. Um, Hope you all are following us on Twitter. That's at Morning Monorail. I will occasionally put some polls out there. I'll occasionally ask some questions, and I like to talk about those things here on the podcast. I like to make this show as interactive as possible, so if you ever have any questions for us, suggestions, feedback, comments, whatever it may be, send us to the Twitter, at Morning Monorail, or you can email us, mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram, Monday Morning Monorail. We're on YouTube. Go check out the new video of the TTA People Mover and ride along with the Monorail family and listen to the Chicken Nuggets complain as I video. But there's a lot of ways you can get in touch with us. We also have the voicemail. Feel free to prank call us. Happens all the time. But uh, I did want to mention I put a poll out this week because it was National Pineapple Day. I think it was Thursday of last week. So the question came to mind... What do people enjoy most? Do you like the traditional pineapple Dole Whip? Do you like the Dole Whip swirl, the citrus swirl? Do you like a Dole Whip float? What is your favorite kind of Dole Whip? And it was a pretty close race, honestly. But in the end, traditional Dole Whip won 41% of the vote. Dole Whip swirl won, got 32% of the vote. And then Dole Whip float, 27%. And I wonder if I'd put out the option for an adult Dole Whip. Or adult Dole Whip float. Maybe that would have gotten a little more support. But uh, yeah, interesting feedback there. And of course, National Pineapple Day is kind of the opposite of a holiday for one Samantha Monorail, as she is allergic to those pineapples. But thank you for voting. 
Thanks for interacting with us. Thanks for all your support that you continuously give us. Thanks to all our friends out there. You know, last week when I was talking about meeting up with uh, some of the people that have been in town recently and, and maybe we didn't get to and hoping that they come back soon. I know there's people that I forgot to name. So just know that you are all important to us. We love you all. We love this community. And one of the ways that I like to support the Diz community contributors, content creators, whoever it is, is to share some promos for some of our podcasting friends. And I've got another one today. This is from Disney Discussions Podcast, and I'm going to let them take it away. Hi, I'm Sparrow. I'm 11 years old, and my favorite thing about Disney is the Marvel movies. Hi, I'm Stitch. I'm 9 years old, and my favorite thing about Disney is going on the Disney cruise. And I'm Tony, their Disney dad. And my favorite thing about Disney is Walt. And our podcast is Disney Discussions. Aloha! Aloha. Disney Discussions is a family-friendly podcast where me, Tony the Disney Dad, and my two boys, discuss all things Disney. Each time we have an episode, we have a different topic. We have talked about... Anything Disney! We've done movie reviews. Tower of Terror. Trivia. We do main topics where we talk about rides and attractions. Fun topics like what would be your favorite Disney day. Sometimes Stitch. Things are strong. We just have a lot of fun. We'd love you to join our Disney discussion. Find us at www.disneydiscussions.com and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And it's free. Free is always a good thing. Disney Discussions. See you real soon. Hello. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tony. Sparrow Stitch, that was an amazing promo. If you are not already subscribed, what are you doing? That should have sold you on it 100%. Go find them on all the podcast outlets. Subscribe. Give them five-star reviews. Give them the support. They are amazing. And you know what? I'm going to give you a chance to go listen to one of their shows right now because I'm going to wrap up this show. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a magical week and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all real soon.